Hello everybody and welcome to Spill the Watts. Today's guest is Robin Clay. Robin is a 19-year-old elite road cyclist from Yorkshire. A lot of you will have recently seen her smash it up Michael Gate on the last lap to take victory at Lincoln GP this year. But she has also recently backed that result up with a winner over in Belgium, fourth in her first ever national TT champs for under 23, third at Otley GP and a win at Newark Crit. In this podcast, we will learn about her introduction to cycling how she's actually not been cycling for that long at all, her time racing in Belgium, what she gets up to in her spare time, how her relationship with her dad evolves with cycling coaching, and much, much more. Anyway, without further delay, please welcome Robin Clay. Hello, Tom. How's it going? Yeah, it's good, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. Sorry, I was a couple of minutes late there. The um, the dog decided to like get out of his bed and sprint to the back door. And I don't know if you've got a dog, but it like yeah. that's all signs to say he's about to chuck up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, last night my my dog was unwell, and oh apparently she was pestering my my dad, and uh, oh, she no. went out and threw up as well. Oh dear! Look at that. Thank you for coming and coming to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you calling from? Are you in the UK? Yeah, I'm in Leeds. Um, it's raining right now, so it's not looking very nice to go out on my bike. But I was going to say it would be prudent of us both being Yorkshire folk not to complain about the weather today. <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty grim. What ride have you got planned today? I've got a VO2 max session planned. And will it um, be outside? Well, I was hoping for it to be outside. I find it a bit easier to do, but it's looking like it might be on the turbo. Yeah. So it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Um, what have you done so far today? Are you like? Are you the type of person who likes a slow morning with a lion or do you like to get up and get stuff done? I can get up and get stuff done if I need to, but I also do like a bit of a lion. Um, right. Yeah, this morning I just just got up and I've just had breakfast and watched some TV and waited, waited till the time came. What time do you typically ride? Do you like to get out in the morning or do you wait till later? Yeah, it's really varied. Usually if I've got like a group ride, then that gets me up and so I'll be out by nine. But yeah, if... if yeah, if I'm on my own, sometimes it can be a bit later in the day. I try to get out in the morning, though, because if I feel like the later you leave it, the harder it is to get out. You're very right, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's always something else that comes up or another excuse that you can give yeah. yourself or, oh, I'll just have another coffee and then I'll go. And then, you know, before you know it, it's four o'clock. Um, so in preparation for these podcasts, I always tend to do a little background research. Um 
And I must admit, until like, well, until your result at Lincoln, I, I knew very little of you. Um, yeah. And then I kind of obviously noticed that result, which I think a lot of people like for a lot of people that will have been like the first time they really realized who you were. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, I've kind of kept my eye on you and I thought, right, well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get you on the podcast. But I've done a bit of background research in the last few days, um, <laughs> knowing that you're coming on. And um, I also sometimes like to get in touch where possible with <laughs> the guests, relatives or friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you already know what's coming up. Um, <laughs> so I managed to get in contact with your sister yeah um oh god and she tells me that uh you're really good at accents oh, <laughs> oh no <laughs> so as a bit of an icebreaker could you introduce yourself to the audience in an australian accent oh all right oh this is actually so embarrassing what if it's really bad go for what it shall, what shall i say introduce yourself who's robin clay and, and what do you do Hi guys, I'm Robin Clay. Uh, I cycle in England <laughs> and I race my bike. Um, yeah, it's just a good time, isn't it? <laughs> Robin, fair play. Oh that was, man, that was brilliant. That was better than I expected. <laughs> to be fair, your sister's right. That that was that was decent. My um... heart's pounding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I always think it's best to just get get it out there and and. Uh, if, if the podcast starts the first five minutes and you're both laughing, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I don't want to be boring. <laughs> you know what? I I said to your sister, I said I might I might make that the icebreaker and she did say you'll be ha absolutely humiliated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually asked my wife as well. I said, do I dare do this to the next, next guest? And she <laughs> said no, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I'll be getting my own back on my sister, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, so you're good at accents. We know that much so far. Um, let's re let's start by re rewinding back the pages. I'm, I'm very aware you are only 19. Um, but, yeah, so you call is Leeds is home, is it? Are you, are you literally in Leeds, are you? Or? Yeah, uh, like near Otley, outskirts. All right. Oh, nice. Leeds, yeah. How would you describe your childhood? I'm obviously at the minute we know that you've got a sister you've got other siblings as well I'm aware yeah I've got a brother as well and some step siblings how was growing um, up yeah I loved I loved being a kid um there's I've just did a lot of sport growing up um any sport I could do if I, when I was at school I'd, I'd do pretty much all the clubs I think the only ones I didn't do much of was like ping pong I wasn't any good at it but <laughs> yeah <laughs> The rest, uh, yeah, just any sport I would do. Mm -hmm. That was sort of my thing in my family. So was cycling always like, was cycling always on the cards from a very young age or was that like, were you related to it then a lot? Uh, yeah, so both my parents were cyclists. So I was on a bike when I was three and then, um, yeah, just, just rode for fun really. I did a little bit of, grass track but I never got old enough to actually get on a fixed wheel bike um and then I did I stopped doing that and uh just did football till I was 16 I right. rode my bike very occasionally just like on the a mountain bike on the street or something yeah right 
So from not riding your bike much till you were 16, and then in the last three years, you've come up and you've just won some very, very grippy, tough races, prestigious races. Um, we'll get more into that on how that might have evolved later in the podcast. Um, but what were your first like memories of cycling then? Uh, you say you started with grass track. Um, do yeah. you have any kind of early memories that always stand out? I just remembered like playing on the street. We had um, the street I lived on when I was younger. All the kids played out together, so we were just playing out. I, I remember riding into a wall. <laughs> huh. But... Yeah, just like racing each other on the streets. Um, I yeah. I used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what your street was like, but I like used to live on a bit of cul-de-sac. Yeah. And around the outskirts of this cul-de-sac, there's like um, we used to design like a bit of a track, a bit of a course. <laughs> and I guess you, it's probably most similar to a cyclocross course, but part of it was on the road, part of it was off-road, and like. Oh, right, yeah every night when we got back from school at like half three four o'clock we'd spend like probably about four hours just doing like makeup races around there <laughs> you yeah. know mum would call you in for tea at six o'clock you'd have tea and then go straight back out yeah. again and do the same yeah <laughs> sounds like good fun it's um it's those kind of memories that's like last forever and like I don't know about you, but I look back on those memories and I think I don't think I've ever had so much fun on a bike you know yeah it's those early memories that always stand out um so i am aware your dad was a professional cyclist um and you, you said that both parents were into cycling yeah um and if i'm right your grandparents as well yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> um so i guess it was meant to be um do you feel like you've got big shoes to fill in that regard um I think there's always sort of there might be a bit of expectation that comes of your parents being successful and in whatever you're doing if you're doing the same thing but I don't have any pressure from them mm-hmm. um so yeah I don't think it's nothing it's nothing like that's heavy on me it's mm. just it's just something that's in the background that's like yeah they were pretty good well I'd, I'd love to be as good as like my dad um and my mum but yeah we'll just see what happens so let's talk about your parents then so um <clears throat> I, I don't know a lot about uh who your dad was to be fair um so how good were your parents and and what kind of disciplines were they racing uh, my dad did road and track and mountain bike um he he was he got a bronze medal at the olympics on the track doing wow. a team pursuit in 2000 and um a silver in commonwealth games and i think silver in world champs all all team pursuit i'm pretty sure i should probably know for sure but um and then yeah who's he was pretty good on the road as well things like i think he i want to say he won a stage of the milk race right um yeah he's told me loads of stories but he was yeah he was decent mm-hmm he he like he doesn't like to say that he was any good, but yeah. And him and your mum meet when like through cycling. I'm get, I'm assuming or yeah yeah, both wow. cyclists. My mum was just um, I think she was mainly just road, um, but then she she got ill, so she started doing uh, downhilling. Oh nice. Um, yeah, 
Have you ever dabbled in the off-road disciplines? I've been out um, on mountain bikes with my dad, but uh, that's about it. I, I enjoy it. I had planned to do a mountain bike race, but I just didn't get around to it. Right. I'm not sure if I'd be any good, though. <laughs> what, um, I mean, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, you, you know, you, you hear of it uh, quite often that parents are, you know, cyclists and that's why you get into it i guess but um if i'm right like so you're the youngest of is it three you've got two yeah. other two other siblings so you're yeah. youngest of three and neither of your brothers or sister are that into cycling no they're not into any sport <laughs> no so why yeah. do you think it was you that like took on the reins then and why do you feel like you might be different to your the others i think it's just uh i don't really yeah I guess everyone's different. Um, mm. My siblings, well, I'm not sure about my brother, but my sister did some sport when she was younger. She just wasn't that bothered for it as she mm. got older. But yeah, I, I seem to like it a lot better. Yeah. You and your dad pretty close then, would you say? Yeah. And I'm also aware that um, he is essentially your coach as well. Like you, you work together with your training and stuff. Yeah, kind of, well, the plan is that I'm, like, I coach myself. Mm -hmm. So I set all my training on training peaks and give myself sessions and plan it all out. And then he just, he's sort of just there in the background to overview it, tell me if he thinks it's too much, too little. And if he reckons I should be doing anything more specific, then mm. he'll give me some input. But, yeah, he's just sort of in the background. Mm. How does that work? I mean, I must admit, it's refreshing, but also interesting to hear that a rider of your standard is coaching themselves still. Um, like, do you read a lot, a lot upon it? Take a like, are you a bit of a sponge to information? Do you kind of really kind of make sure that you're kind of on it with that, or is it just kind of learning as you go along? Yeah, I think. Um... So I did have a coach for a little bit. Uh, he's called Simon Belden. Mm -hmm. um, he's a great coach. I just wanted to have a go at doing it on my own, learn about myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, it's bit, I just mostly a bit of trial and error, just knowing what, what brings me on. Mm. And then, <clears throat> like, yeah, just putting it together. I sort of know what, what brings me on. I know that I have to go hard to get better. I can't mm -hmm. just do like loads of easy rides. It's not what works for me, but <laughs> yeah, just learning as I go, really. How would you explain your <clears throat> training then generally? Like, is it, and I don't know if you compare to others, but um, would you say that you are kind of, for example, quite weighted towards big volume or do you prefer a bit lower volume, more intensity generally, or is there anything that you kind of note works well for you yeah I try to just um <clears throat> like if I've had a couple of hard days or a hard day I try to ease off so then I can go hard again um recently I've been having hard weeks because I got COVID so I had a week off um then I had a week building up and then it was Rydale mm. so I, I missed Rydale because I, I just didn't have any form um and then yeah, and then I had two weeks quite like, pretty hard, like a thousand TSS. 
which wow. I'm not used to. Mm. But uh, I, I actually, yeah, it, it worked well for me. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I just still a bit intense at the start of this week, just gone and then eased off for the race on on Sunday. Mm. Do you feel like um, your dad has to intervene much? Um, you know, is there any any times where you've just set, you set, set yourself silly stuff and your dad's been like, you know, pulling you back a little bit or or steering you in the right direction? The only thing he, he's ever really done is, uh, so I just, I'm just not the biggest fan of a turbo, like doing sessions on the turbo. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather do them outside, but I know that often you can't make them specific enough or yeah, accurate enough. So sometimes he has to <laughs> be like, right, well, I think you should do this on the turbo because it's, it'll, I know you don't like it, but it'll bring you on. That's, that's sort of the only thing really. Mm. It's days like today where it's like 40 mile an hour winds and it's pissing down. Um, you know, I'm very like you, I always prefer to train outside if I can. And, you know, there's a certain element of uh, getting out there and doing it. But equally, you know, you, you do know that once you get out there, if it's 40 mile an hour wind, you know, and you, <laughs> you're meant to be doing a, a three minute effort, a certain power and you, you hit the wind wrong, it can it can um, certainly affect the quality of the session. And ultimately, you're going to get wet and you're going to want to kind of bring it back in a bit sooner, potentially. So, yeah. Um, but uh but yeah no that's that's interesting um i i I, when i heard that you know you were kind of um you and your dad were both looking at your training together i thought he might have had a bit of um more of an input at it but i'm very aware that you know when he was at his prime um the training methods and yeah the way he used to train might be very different to how you're training now Um, yeah and uh, yeah, I was going to kind of discuss that dynamic and if you've had to kind of change a lot or if, or if he's training fairly similar, did, do you, when you've had discussion with him about it in the past, like how were training methods different? Would you say, would you say that he was training a lot more hours I would guess, or. Well, he's, he's, he's just told me that he only really ever got coached right at the back end of his career when he started doing track. Um, but it still wasn't like anything mega specific because mm. they just didn't have all the equipment we've got for, yeah, for doing anything accurately. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was more like heart rate training and mm. stick it in a big gear and go hard for a bit sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah definitely. Go hard seven days a week, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting dynamic there, definitely. Um, and I mean, yeah, fair credit to you. Uh, I, I don't think there would be a lot of athletes at your level. And I mean, I'm going to bring up Lincoln again. You know, athletes who win, such as Lincoln, that are fully coaching themselves. Um, I mean, I haven't done some sort of case study on it, but I very much doubt there'll be a lot of a lot of them. So it's clearly working well for you, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully that that continues going forward. So Lincoln, then, um, was this a race you were massively targeting? Because I did hear in a uh, an interview um, that you you felt pretty pretty crappy actually during the race. <laughs> um yeah. you didn't have the best of legs on you 
Um, was this because you were in the middle of like a training block or was it just one of those days? I was one of those weeks. I, don't, I just like, just didn't feel good. Um, the day before I did a recce of the team and we, we went up Michael Gate, I think twice. I'm like, God, I've got some strong, there's some strong girls on my team. They were just like hammering it up there and I was gasping to keep up with them. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, tomorrow's not going to be a good day. Um, so I think, but I also think when, you, when you're feeling like that, you just naturally try to preserve more energy. Mm. So throughout the race, I was probably more cautious and um, more reserved. And then, yeah, and then I just went, I went with the right move. A lot of it's luck. I mean, I, I know, I know for the most part who I want to go with in a break or what variation of teams should be in there sort of thing but yeah I think it's it's a lot based on luck um, and I just got into the right move. I think what I really like about that mini story is that I think a lot of people probably myself included it's very easy to get into that mindset like you were in in that oh you know I'm not on a good week I'm not on a good day and you even said like you want to preserve as much as you can mm. it's very easy to for people to then think in the race right you know not on a good good day i'm actually not going to go with these moves because i don't think i've got the strength to stay with it or whatever it might be you know i'm just going to hope that i can coast some wheels in the bunch and hope that it comes down to the last lap and i'm you know hopefully the chances play it part and i'm, yeah. I'm in the right position on the last lap but you then, but you had a different mindset. You were like, well, I want it to be a reduced bunch because I don't think I have the strength on the last lap. Um, mm. And, you know, you were proactively thinking about the right moves that would have potentially worked and been there at, to make sure that you're there at the finish. So I really like the way that you kind of spun that round on itself and and made sure that you were in the right move. Um, so when did that move go? How How far into the race? Oh, um, it was probably like the last quarter. Okay. I think I think we might have done like two laps. Mm -hmm. I, I can't I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so bad at reciting what's happened in the races. Um, were, were you like one of the first to to make that happen, or were you late to join <laughs> it? Or you yeah, also when I was like talking through it with people at the end. I was telling the wrong story and then I watched it back on, on YouTube and uh, yeah, it happened a bit differently. But I, I did go pretty much straight away with the move. Someone, I think someone went and then uh, someone went with her pretty much immediately and then a, a few seconds later I jumped across with um, Grace Lister with me and then one other girl came across and then that was it. Mm -hmm. And then we, yeah, we were just working together after that. I think sometimes you can tell, like, if there's, as you just said, you know, you, if you look around and there's, like, at least one of all the top teams, like the favourite teams, and everyone's, like, suddenly working hard together for the first five minutes, you can kind of, you know, you can and get an idea if this is going to work or not, aren't you? And, and uh, you know, there's not going to be those other teams chasing it down. Yeah. Um, but um, But, yeah, and then if I'm right, like, from reading some interviews, uh, listening to some interviews, you're all working really well. And then the last lap, last half a lap, 
you start started to miss a couple of turns and do a bit of soft pedaling here and there. <laughs> got a bit of abuse from a few people from doing so, but yeah, racing's racing. You got yeah. to do what you got to do. <clears throat> um, and then yeah, went absolutely full gas up the last climb. Yeah, sort of like the the last. I can't, so there's like a long road that leads up some traffic lights, and then you go down and you got Michael Gate. A little bit before that road, I was. I was like, right, I need to save some energy here because I still wasn't feeling good. I thought everyone else was feeling much better than me. Um, and then... At that got... point, just pause you there. At that point, like, were you thinking, I can win this race? Or were <laughs> no. you doubting yourself? No, I didn't think I would even get on the podium. <laughs> so uh, I just was, like, trying to limit my losses as much as possible. Um, yeah, I think even if you don't think you're going to win, you need to race like you race for the win so like put yourself in the best position you can um so yeah i towards the end i did start missing turns <laughs> and um yeah like you said i did get a bit of a bit of abuse but like, it's expected and i'm sure if someone else was trying to sit on i'd probably try get them to come through because that's you don't want people to stand here mm. but i had confidence that we weren't going to get caught we had two minutes so yeah yeah um very right yeah and then you have another of your teammates in there no all right on just own. me yeah it was me two das hansling riders a boom pods rider and a hutchinson brother rider right so the pressure was on those das hansling riders really um yeah but i mean like you say you played it excellently and and it just shows really because you know i listening to that story like i can i can feel how you would be feeling in that in that last that last lap and uh you know to say that you were you were thinking you'd probably not even get on the podium um you know and it's very it's so easy to just like talk yourself out of a result into it it's just so yeah. easy to think oh i just don't you know as long as i'm there and you know these girls are probably stronger than i am and like I'm not feeling great and I just don't want to be humiliated by being like massively dropped on the last climb. So if yeah. I just conserve a bit of energy um, and then, yeah, to say that like, yeah, you just got some rockets in your legs and just <laughs> went full gas from the bottom and uh, you know, it clearly worked wonders for you. Would you say that that is one of your strengths? Like, you know, that, that kind of last full gas effort. I, I can't think off the top of my head how long, Michael Gate takes as a full full gas effort, but it's a couple of minutes, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's about two minutes. Maybe. Would you say that's the strength of yours? Well, apparently, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, I'm still learning what what I'm good at, but I think, yeah, that's something that seems to be common is that I can can give one big effort at the end. Mm. Usually, not always. It depends how hard the race has Did been. You look at your training peaks. Was that a PB two minutes? I didn't have a power meter that day. Oh, I know. All right. So I know. Yeah, so I, uh, I don't have the data for it, which is a shame, but yeah, I've got not the time. Have, not that you'd have been looking down <laughs> at your uh, power on that last uh, no. last climb anyway. No. <laughs> yeah. Not well, pacing yeah. the effort. Um, the only thing I could do was like compare times on Strava. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, an absolute feeling of euphoria, I bet. 
and and, yeah. I, and and I can only assume. I mean, going up that climb, you know, with all the crowd there, you know, all of the atmosphere, and uh, did that last climb feel horrific, or was it just like because there was so much of that atmosphere and so much of the crowd and so much of the the noise that that kind of muted some of the suffering? Yeah, I think I uh, I do well if there's a crowd there. Hmm. Um, I can't really remember it very well. The going up, I think, I think I was just thinking, just like, just keep turning the pedals, just keep going, keep going. But I could hear, I recognised voices in the crowd, so I could hear. I heard my dad. He was stood on, really? like the first bend. He was stood on the corner. I heard him there. Then there's a little street, so he could run up and see me cross the line. So that oh that's really cool. He saw me on two parts, and then I heard like. Dean Downing, who's heavily involved with my team, he was on another corner. So, <clears throat> yeah, my, and uh, my team manager Rick, he was uh, could hear all of them. So, <laughs> definitely, that's helped. awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it gives me the feels like when I listen to stories like that, and um, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm 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 heavily weighted the conversation on that, but I'm going to talk about some other results as well. But I do feel like and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like that was a bit of a kind of breakthrough result for you, you know, and, and that will have kind of given you a, a big boost in confidence to know that you can win a race like that. Because um, as we know, out of all of the GPs, it's kind of a lot of people say, you know, it is it is the hardest of them. It's the most prestigious of them all. So um, when I asked in an email about your other favorite achievements, um I was interested to see that you didn't name some of your latest achievements as like your favorites necessarily. Um, there was obviously the Lincoln GP win, um, yeah. but you also said seventh at the National Crit Champs in Lincoln 2021. Yeah. Oh, um, I was so happy with that. Yeah? Yeah. It was one of the best rides I've done, I think. Um, <clears throat> I just... like That was when you were racing for Otley, was it? Yeah, it was my first race season, uh, but the season started in May because of COVID, so it was mm -hmm. a pretty short season, and um, the race was in October. Um, so, basically, yeah, I I thought me and my dad were talking about it before the race, and and uh, he was like, "It's just going to be like full gas from the gun." So I was like trying to psych myself up for that, and it was. And I still wasn't prepared for it. <clears throat> it just went, yeah, it was mental. That was the hardest race I'd done. And then I think um, my chain came off or something on the cobbles really briefly, got it back on. But I think um, I ended up with a kink in my chain. Wow. So like every three revs or so, or whenever the chain came back round, my gears were jumping. Oh, no. So, so I, it took like two laps getting used to that jumping and uh my, my chain coming off like every three laps or so but um I never had to stop so I'd just lose a bit of momentum but so I got dropped from the front group and then I just like was chasing for ages and I managed to get back on and then I just tried to settle in for a little bit and then I started taking the front on some of the corners because I thought that that was probably one of my strong points and that's where I could maybe hurt some of the, the others at the back. Um, and yeah, and then it was a sprint. And uh, I've, I've, yeah, 
<clears throat> I was pretty shattered at the end of that where I think my average heart rate was like on oh, like 198 or something <laughs> for an hour and then my max was 202 or something so it was just a, a high heart rate race <clears throat> and then you you managed to sprint with still a chain that was skipping every now and again yeah luckily it didn't it didn't on the sprint wow. but yeah crikey I mean yeah like there's certain I, I love that that you know to say that you were actually dropped off the group at one point and you managed to get back on, you know, and all of this, this mishaps, you know, again, that's another clear example of where I think a lot of people would have just taught themselves out of that. You know, if a lot of people, once they're dropped off the group, the head goes down and that's their race done, or they'll have had that mechanical issue where the chains drop in and then suddenly that will have just psyched themselves out and they'll say, oh, it's not my day. It's not yeah. meant to be. I think you've got what's clear to me is that, You've got a pretty strong head, Robin. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I think I think the thing that keeps me going is that I'll just be disappointed in myself at the end if I've not got it all out or I've not done everything I can to get the best result possible. So I'd rather, yeah, keep fighting and get spat. And mm. I'd still be happy if I got spat because I knew that I gave it everything. Then, uh, yeah, pulling out or, yeah, I don't know. That's a brilliant answer. Um, you also named a trip to Belgium last year with your dad uh, where you came third in the Kermesse and won an elimination race straight after. Yeah. Um, what was going on there? Yeah, so that that was my first trip abroad with a bike, full stop. So I, I, was, I just loved that experience. We stayed with um, uh, a a couple called Joss Ryan and Tim Harris. They looked after us and my dad's friends. Um, and uh, I had three races. Well, four if you count the elimination race. I did the first one, came sixth, but that was possibly my favourite result there, actually, now thinking about it, because it, um, it was a tough field. Fem Van Empel won. Wow. And um, it was, I was racing against, like... Um, well, life plus not here now, but yeah, that was really cool. That that was the highest standard of race I'd done, apart mm. from national champs. Um, and then the next race I won, I think. Yeah, and then the last day I was there was a a Kermesse came third in that, and then the top twenty from the Kermesse get put into an elimination race. So um, yeah, I. I just, uh, I didn't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a sprinter. I think I can sprint maybe in a reduced bunch or, or if I, I don't know, I might be able to fluke out a good sprint, but I wouldn't say I'm a sprinter. Um, so an elimination race, I mean, it's just constantly sprinting, isn't it? So mm. I wasn't sure what to do really, but <clears throat> it was just like a, just like a long straight line and with a u-bend either side um <laughs> it, oh, and it was um headwind one way tailwind the other way so oh, wow. so i just attacked with the tailwind when the when the, everyone was sort of like looking around and i got a gap and then i just just went as hard as i could and managed to stay away that so one girl like tried to come after me at some point and then but she blew um and then I think the others just 
well, in a, they don't want to chase because they're not yeah. going to work together because they're all against each other. Yeah, so it kind of played in my favour. But yeah, stayed away. Hmm. And that, so that was pretty cool. So how would you um, how would you describe racing in Belgium compared to the UK then? Um, I think I personally don't think it's massively different. Mm-hmm. I think possibly it's a bit more aggressive in terms of bunch racing people will ride closer to you and push you about a bit more and and yeah maybe there's there's a few more attacks in Belgium but apart from that it's not much different I don't think um I like it because it's usually flatter or at least the mm-hmm. commesses are yeah but, yeah um recently I mean on top of those results that you've given uh, as, as your favorite kind of results uh, you won at Newark Crit recently. Yeah. Um, you got a win in Belgium this year um, in a breakaway with Joe Tindley. Yeah. Um, and got a podium at Otley as well. Um, yeah. Talk to me about these three. So Newark Crit, uh, was that... I, I mean, I've, I've watched some. I can't remember which, which one was which. So um, how did that pan out? Um, so just, just like a normal race, some attacks, um, I don't think a break ever really got away from what I can remember, or maybe like there was a bit of a split, but it was brought back fairly quick. It's a course where yeah, it's, it's really technical. So I, I like it. Um, and I've done it once before and last year I came fourth, which was my best result all year I think um and I'd spoken to my dad and we'd decided where the best place was to go if you want to win um so uh yeah this year I I basically there's like four bends or something before the finish and uh you basically have to go before them if you want to win because you're not really going to move up through the bends Mm. um and, uh, Do you feel yeah. like that's where your dad really comes in then, like race craft and uh, yeah. you know how to play it out on race day? Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Um, he he often tries to, I think he tries to not give me too much input because he wants me to figure it out for myself. But yeah. he also, yeah, he's not going to not give me information. Mm. Um, but yeah, so basically I, I, I did my sprint way before the the finish line and then just held on for dear life <laughs> trying to get it get to the line first and it worked so i bet uh podium at otley felt good uh being yeah. your kind of home race i guess you'd call it yeah that did feel good uh another day where i didn't feel good <laughs> uh and uh i think i was probably the weakest link in the break to be honest <laughs> um I just yeah I love Otley it's such a good race with yeah. everyone watching and yeah I ride on those roads all the time um, such an atmosphere such yeah an atmosphere. and then this breakaway with Joe Tindley um <laughs> y- you am I right in saying you're away with her for like 90k yeah how long was the race <sighs> maybe like 100k oh right wow it was like almost all the race bloody hell yeah so um there was preems like every lap it was a pan flat race 
and uh, the finish line was just on a really long straight road with a headwind it's such a long road and when you're on when it's just you and your teammate it feels like even longer mm. but yeah um there was a sprint for a preem then there was a lull and then joe went and i was like oh, i'll just go with her so <laughs> like no one followed her and then i just went i just knew if, if i wanted to go with her i wasn't going to drag everyone with her i had to mm. jump so i went and i got to her and no one else came so we were just we were just like yeah let's just go so we just went as hard as we could for 90k pretty much crikey and what did you end up did you end up with a nice gap or what yeah it, i think it was definitely over a minute um i can't really remember cuz they didn't mad. really have any timings it was just people shouting at us at the side maybe like a minute and a half then i think at, like on the last lap it got to 30 seconds and they were closing on us. We had a couple of teammates behind trying to disturb everything and get in the way a bit, but yeah. Um, <laughs> As if they let you just both both get away, that's great. Yeah, there you go. So what, um, one of the questions from our podcast listeners was uh, very relevant to this. Somebody asked, how did it pan out at the end? Did you decide who was going to win or did you just both sprint and see who was going to win was it like just normal normal sprint competition or did you kind of have a mutual decision on who might have took taken it yeah so I asked Joe when we were still racing hard because she's more experienced of us too and um I, f- I thought she'd probably know better than me so I just asked what what should we do and she wasn't really sure but I but then as soon as I'd asked that, we got told that they're like they're, they're coming. So we need to like go really hard. So we just kept going hard and then we got to the you go left and you're on this really long straight um with a headwind. And um I got to the front at this point and I was just going as hard as I could to the line, just pacing it so that it would be a max effort to the yeah. line. Um and I just rode Joe off my wheel. I, I, Fair. So yeah. That's just how it how it panned out. I was expecting her to come round me, to be honest. Yeah. So she had the opportunity if she really wanted to to just sit on the wheel and sprint round if she wanted to. But well, she did. She did. Yeah, I think she she did try to sit on the wheel. I think. Yeah. But we'd just gone so hard that she was gassed. Yeah. So. I mean, ninety k, just two of you going through and off is pretty. You're pretty gassed towards the end, regardless. Um, yeah. Fair play. Fair play. Um, <laughs> so. Um, with your recent successes and the last few years, I mean, just looking back, I completely forgot about the whole kind of COVID era then. But, you know, would you have said then you would have been starting racing a lot earlier if it wasn't for COVID? Like, were you kind of at a position in that COVID area where you were, you know, ready to start racing? Because that would have been your first few years, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think I'd have maybe done some races back end of 2020 like some 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 crits yeah um yeah like regional a's and stuff like yeah. that um but it seems like you just jumped in at the deep end you know you you talked about um which one was it you talked about a, a result the national crit champs lincoln 2021 like that wasn't that wasn't long after you first started racing no yeah i, I just I mean, 
I feel like I don't like to just avoid races if I think I'm going to do bad. I think I needed the ex- I wanted the experience of riding with the the best in Britain. Um, so I just just gave it a bash. Mm. Didn't have any expectations. Um, yeah, my first race was a it was a test event coming back from COVID at um, Had Edge or Hayed Edge. Yeah. Um, so and it was hailing and it was just like the weather was terrible, but I actually really liked it. Um, so that was my first race. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I came fifteenth. Wow. Fair play. I mean, you know, like I, said, I think it's very evident you want to watch. I didn't, I didn't appreciate until we had this conversation that you, you know, you'd only really been around racing for the last couple of years, and you've only really been riding your bike seriously for like three years or so. Um, so you know, clearly at the bottom of a pretty nice journey into the world of high level cycling performance. Yeah. I hope um, so. With your recent success um, and the last few years coming into the limelight, is there anything that kind of stands out to you as, you know, what kind of took your performance to the next level? Um, you know, I- I'm sure there will be many girls out there listening to this who look up to the likes of you and like wonder what it takes to get there. And I'm very sure that like maybe, you know, four or five years ago, you were one of those looking up to the likes of, you know, Alice Barnes, who like was winning the Lincoln GP back then yeah. and wondering, you know, what it takes to get to that level. Like, is there anything that you can think of that has kind of got you there specifically or is it just consistency? Yeah, I think um, you just need to crack on. I don't know. You just, just, um, it's, you're not going to always enjoy it. And that's just what it is. You're not, it's the same with everything in life. I think you just probably you'll have times where you really don't fancy training, but it's those days that really matter. Um, when you don't want to go out and you do it anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's what really brings you on. It's not just not just your form, but just mentally, just makes you stronger. Um, but also, I just like I've had so much support from different people. Um, like in my first year. Uh, I was with Otley and one of, I think, their main sponsors, Chevin Cycles, and they supported me loads, helped me out with a bike and shoes and helmet, and, yeah, just just really helpful. Um, all the, like, family and friends helping out, and then this year with... Actually, last year as well, with this, with the team I'm in now, um, Pro Noctus, um, they're just just look out for you and they just do what they can to help you last year I wasn't on the team but they helped me out at races um mm-hmm. they took me to national champs I stayed with them for national champs oh, wow. um just and like just like out of the kindness of the hearts so they're just yeah just helpful people just try I guess try find people that are, mm. are willing to help um and I guess through that process like they'll have learned if they wanted to work with you professionally as well, you know, they like, you know, in helping you out and doing so, you know, incredibly kind of them, but they'll have got to know you a bit better and kind of figure yeah. out like, is this the kind of girl who, you know, we want to work with? Um, yeah. Um, no, you're very right. It definitely helps to, to have 
you know, like you say, the different help from different areas, different people to kind of help you up along the way. Um, is your current team like I'm, I must admit I'm not too clued up. Are they are they based like locally or what's the Yeah, they're based in Lincoln. All right. Um so Lincoln was a big race for us. Yeah. And Newark as well, because two of our title sponsors sponsored the race. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, nice. but the riders are from all over Britain. We haven't got any yeah. foreign riders. Yeah. Um yeah. It's was just a, a domestic in- team. Was a career in cycling like is that the goal, and has that always been the goal, like for the last four or five years, and when cycling's been a big part of your life? Um, I think since so, what what like kicked me to start training more often and like want to race was um, when World Champs was in Harrogate. Mm-hmm. That um, yeah. I really wanted to race after watching that. That just was like, oh, I thought it was so cool. So hmm. I, uh, yeah, I think since then I was like, oh, I'd love to be a, a cyclist. But, um, and yeah, my, my goal would be to to be a professional cyclist, getting paid to do it. And yeah, but just, yeah, I'm still, still learning how good I am and still don't know if I'll get there. But I'll, uh, I'm, at the minute I'm, I'm working towards that. Um, but yeah, never know. In your friendship circle, um, because, well, most cyclists have a few different friendship circles. They have like their cycling group of friends that they see at races, they train with and so on. And then they have like another group of friends from like school, college kind of thing. Yeah. Um, would you say that you've got like, almost two different lives there or would you say that it's all merged into one like if you when you go to you're 19 so what year is that is that year 12 or uh i would i'd be in your like end of year the uh ah, right yeah 14 now I've, oh wow so i was um yeah i've done uh sixth form right and um yeah so i would be going into my second year of no education now mm. so sorry going back a step how how did you find education and like sixth form and everything like were you uh did you find it a breeze or was it a bit of a struggle for you and and mixing that with your training and stuff yeah I had to um take a step back a bit from cycling I had to focus on my a-levels because I'm just I just have to yeah I'm not naturally really academic Mm -hmm. um but if I put the work in I can get decent results so uh, I had to just um focus on that while I was doing A-levels. Yeah, I still I was still training and I was still racing, but I had to miss out on a couple of races and do a mm. bit less training. But yeah, so I focused on my A-levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I think it's worth it. I mean, you only get to do them once. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Certainly good to have a bit of a, a backup plan. Um, yeah. But now... Uh, so now leaving uh, sixth form and whatnot, then so do you? Uh, you're not currently in education, so do you have any part time work or is it just like full time cyclist at the minute? Yeah, I, I work in a cafe part time, all right. Um, like once, twice a week, really. It's just, it's um, yeah, 
but I think uh, over winter I'll probably work a bit more, try try earn some money, um, just while I'm not racing. Because um, mm. I'm not. How do you find the cafe working affecting your cycling? Because the only reason I ask is my wife used to work at a cafe many, 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 many years ago uh, when we first met. And she used to come home absolutely knackered because <laughs> yeah. she'd been like on her feet like all day. Yeah. I um I tend to not have extremely long shifts because they do, yeah, they do wipe me out a bit. More mm. more my legs than anything. They just feel really heavy after you've been yeah. on your feet all day. Mm. Um but I think I'm yeah, I think it was worse at the start. I'm a, I've got more used to it now. Mm. Um but yeah, I don't, I don't tend to have, I don't have any longer than six hour shifts. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, my cafe is really the way I work. They're they're very understanding, they're very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Where do you see your journey going now? Then, so you know, have you got big aspirations to make it kind of world tour, or have you not really given it too much of a thought yet, and you're just you know staying with the here and the now, seeing where it takes you. I think, yeah, um, I'd love to go world tour. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure it'll be anytime soon. Um, but that's definitely something that I aspire to achieve. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the ultimate goal is to be world tour, basically, mm-hmm. and to, to have it as my job. Mm-hmm. Um yeah still still very unsure what's happening as of now it's hard i think you know obviously you're very young and uh not forgetting that you've really only been properly cycling for like the past three years or so um you know it's very early to be making these kind of big decisions i think ultimately you'd be foolish not to be striving for that um but to be able to like pave the path on knowing exactly how you're going to do it is uh too much of an ask and uh you know it's this certain element of just seeing where it takes you in the next couple of years um anyway we're going to get into some quick fire questions um because these are always interesting and i love i love the answers that they bring uh so the the key part here is that the answer needs to be fairly short form one a few one or two words um Coffee, tea, or neither? Oh. Oh, man. Uh, coffee. So do you, I'm guessing from that answer, you have both. Yeah. You're like a morning coffee, afternoon tea type person? Yeah. I'm like a morning coffee and then just tea for the rest of the day. All right. And maybe another coffee. Do you I make... try not to have too much. Do you make nice coffees in your cafe or? Yeah, I, I try. I'm, I'm still like, I'm not the best at like latte art, but I'm, okay. I'm getting better. I can I can pretty much do a decent tulip. Oh, <laughs> that's, nice. That's about it. Yeah. You're better than me then. I'm, I, it's something that genuinely frustrates me how crap I am at latte art. And yeah. I haven't ever probably properly like trained for it, obviously, but I keep practicing every time I do it. And uh <laughs> I get the texture of the milk absolutely bob on and yeah. everyone's commenting on it to say it's perfect. But uh, 
I just completely flunk it every time I start yeah. to go with one. Yeah. I definitely, I don't know what it is, but so I, I recently got a coffee machine at my house. Yeah. Um, And even if I do like get the milk perfect here, mm. I still find it harder to pour than if I'm at the cafe. Mm. So I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but yeah. Is it a jug? Me possibly. Mm. Who's, uh, so these are also, some of them are submitted from uh, the uh, podcast listeners. Who's a better, quicker descender, you or your dad? <laughs> My dad. My yeah. dad, yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, I'd love to be as fast as him. <laughs> <laughs> How are your skills? I mean, it, it sounds to me like, you know, you were, you were commenting on uh, um, Newark Crit, like saying that you were trying to lead it into the corners and... Um, uh lincoln gp and so on like yeah. it sounds to me like generally you are fairly talented in terms of your skill set your cornering ability yeah i i love a descent so yeah. uh, i think like on strava i've got a fair few qoms but if you look at them they're like pretty much downhill. all downhill <laughs> yeah Men. um i just it's just me trying to follow my dad's wheel yeah <laughs> yeah brilliant Prologue or Chevlin? Oh. Oh, no. Oh. Well, I'll have to say Chevin because they've helped me out so much. Mm -hmm. But so this question, it's I, I do a group ride from Prologue every Wednesday pretty much on uh. most Wednesdays. But then I also do a group ride from Chevin every Saturday, and that's where I started out. Um, How close are they? Are they pretty close? Like they must not be too far away from each other, are they? Chevin's two and a half miles from mine. It's in Otley. Right. Um, and then Prologue's about ten miles. It's in Harrogate. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's your favorite training session? Um or type of training session. depends what i'm trying to do i like i just like a group ride to be honest but mm -hmm. i like it if there's if it's if it's hard at times well it depends how i'm feeling but i like my group rides and i also a good really saturday smash up yeah do you do you do the uh reliability rides early season or not i've done i think two and i plan on doing more this season because i'll be stronger but before oh it's just like hanging on for as long as you can <laughs> and you will inevitably get dropped yeah for me anyway um yeah i i love yeah. it I, I really enjoy chain gang as well yeah yeah do you have yeah. a do you have a regular one from that you go on on a, on a weekend yeah there's leeds chain gang every tuesday and thursday so yeah i can pick and choose i've heard that can be pretty testy at times yeah yeah that's a bit spicy sometimes I do they do different groups dropped. on that now uh there's a couple of different groups that go out but there's still just one main I see. Leeds chain gang, but there's like yeah. a different club, I think. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think you've you've had Cat on before, mm. um, and Abby. They've mm. they've both do they've both done chain gang mm -hmm. with me quite a bit. Um, that's your favourite. So chain gang or group ride? What's your least favourite session? Recently, it's been this like threshold interval session on the turbo. Mm. It's like. 10 minutes at threshold four times with three minutes in between 
nasty. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm with you there. I hate kind of fresh old stuff. It's it's my it's my Achilles heel. Um <laughs> what's who tells the best jokes on your team? Rick. Is he that just team tells, manager? Yeah, he just tells dad jokes all the time and it's like they're <laughs> so terrible that you can't help but laugh. <laughs> But he's got he's got one for every situation. It's actually it's actually very impressive. I actually really respect people who can do that because I'm yeah. I'm so bad at like quick thinking and like know, bringing yeah. up things like that. So fair play to him. Um, what would be your ideal job if it wasn't being a pro cyclist? I have no idea. I think. Uh... Maybe like uh, a doctor or something, but I'm not sure I'm smart enough to be a doctor. But I think I would really enjoy it. Something or in maybe, health, in like healthcare. Yeah, or perhaps like a paramedic or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, Fair. I think paramedic would be pretty exhilarating, pretty, pretty good. Though I mean, I'm very aware there'll be a lot of callouts that'll be like you know, pretty gruesome but also yeah. there'll be a lot of call outs which would be pretty um boring boring and tame but yeah, <laughs> yeah well yeah but then also on the on the flip side of that like you yeah. say there'll be some that are very rewarding um yeah but i guess it's that unexpected like you don't know what you're going to which might make, make it quite exhilarating yeah um do you um oh, I've, I've asked that one about the race in belgium with joe tindley um do you have any pre-race rituals or superstitions? Something I ask all my guests, and it's quite interesting to hear the answers. No. Nothing? No. Like, sometimes I scrunch my numbers, sometimes I don't. Sometimes, I don't, like... like what do if you do I got, if you get a number 13? I've not had it yet, but I, did, I wouldn't turn it upside down. I'm right with you there. Because my favourite number is 13. Oh, is it? Oh, fair. Partly because I'm born on the 13th, but also... Like, why is everyone so harsh to this number? <laughs> it needs a bit of love. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm right with you there. I, I don't have any superstitions whatsoever. Like, I'm so bad with it that, you know, I've I've smashed a mirror before and everyone's like, oh, my goodness. I We, we actually went to do a um, tip run the other day and my wife was, like, so careful putting this mirror in the, in the car and stuff and, like, and I'd got it out of the car and I just lobbed it in the skip and it like smashed into a million pieces. And um, I think for a lot of people, they'd be like, oh, that's like the worst thing to do in the world. And yeah, I didn't even, cross, <laughs> didn't even cross my mind. No. Um, but I guess, um, yeah, I guess like um, I do refrain from opening an umbrella inside. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not, I don't, I feel like it's just ingrained. In <laughs> it's like it's a bad yeah, thing yeah. to do. Yeah. But I don't really think of it as anything like I'm going to get cursed. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No. I think it's one of those that, like, if you're one of those type of people who, like, I'm again, not to talk about my wife too much, but she friggin' <laughs> salutes all the magpies. <laughs> if you've heard about this one, like, there's this thing where, like, if you see a magpie, you've got to salute it. Otherwise, it's bad luck or something. <laughs> and it builds my absolute head in because there's so many magpies about that would be driving yeah. around and she'll be like oh hello mr magpie and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> um 
And I, I always say to her, can you imagine how horrific your life would be if you didn't salute all these magpies? Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's silly personally. But um, what rider do you aspire to the most or look up to? Um, um, probably like Paro Roubaix or like um, World Champs. If I, was I said I'm rider, not rider. Oh, sorry. I thought you yeah, said, rider. yeah, sorry. Rider. Oh, uh, I think. Oh. Well, I'd say someone like Annemiek van Vluten. Mm -hmm. But I think um, probably someone like Pfeiffer Georgie. Yeah. Um, yeah, not sure. No, she's just a good rider. She's just, just. Yeah, yeah, she's someone I look up to. I don't really know her. Um, you but, yeah. um, you mentioned Roubaix there, though, as a um, as a race that you look up to or yeah. aspire to. Um, is that just because of how grueling it is and and how testy it is over over the single day? Do you think that is the type of race that you'd uh, you'd like to do in the future? Yeah, I think it's just savage. Um, and like. Even if, I don't know, I think it's just such a cool race to say that mm. you've done, even if you didn't enjoy doing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, you did sickle this year, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. How did that go? Yeah, um, it went well. Well, I didn't have the best form, which is a shame, but I uh, I made the break. Well, I was in the break um, after some, some of the sectors, um, but just like couldn't hold on when it was going uphill just didn't quite have the legs at that point in the year but I think um the sectors suited me mm. quite well mm. so what's next what is the big focus for you um next season really I guess any major uh, changes in the calendar or similar kind of stuff not sure yet in fact I've actually just forgotten um I'm planning on doing track and track league this winter. So that is my next right. focus. Wow. Um, yeah. See how why, why have you made that decision to do track this year? Any specific reason? Just give it a go. I think um, my dad did it. Um, but I, I really enjoy watching track racing, possibly more than road racing. I enjoy yeah. watching. So, yeah, I think no harm in giving it a go and it's something to do over winter have you done much track riding nope i've done uh i did a full day at derby getting my accreditation yeah and that, that's all i've done you'd certainly like to just like jump into it don't you i like that <laughs> um that's mega um like you say like you answered one of the questions you just got to crack on <laughs> yeah yeah um okay so a bit of a closing question um, if you were to give one piece of advice to other aspiring girls who are wanting to be good bike racers, what would it be? Um, to just persevere, I guess. Um, and that don't like, don't let the bad gate, bad days get you down too much because everyone's, everyone has bad days. Even the best in the world still have bad days to so just yeah 
keep keep pushing. I'm glad you've given, you've been like the only one to not say focus on fun. And I'm glad you've, you, I mean, it's obviously that's a key part to it as well, but I'm glad you've said a different answer because everyone yeah. said the same answer so far. Well, yeah, that is important, but yeah. I think what you said there actually is probably the summary of like, it's one of the kind of standout points to this whole podcast is that, you know, there's been many times in the last few years where you've had some races where you were on the back foot, you know, in um, Lincoln Crit, I think he's, it was, where you were kind of, you know, you'd had that mechanical, you'd, you know, you got dropped. Um, and like I said before, like a lot of people, suddenly that would have changed the mindset and they'd either pull out or they'd just like head would have gone down. But you persevered and you give it everything and you managed to get back on and get seventh. Um, you know, in, in Lincoln GP, you know, you had an awful legs, you were not feeling it. You're in a, in a, in a dark hole of <laughs> probably negativity all race. Um, and you managed to win it. And I think, you know, it's a very good piece of advice is, you know, we all have bad sensations. We all have bad days. We all have bad weeks. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, most people do give up at that point. And if you are the person who doesn't give up at that point, you are going to be the one that comes out on top um so yeah massive credit to you um with your answer and massive credit to you for all of your good results but especially the results where you didn't think you were going to do so well because you're on a bad day um thank you now our last podcast guest which was millie cass um she left a question for you at the time okay. she didn't know who was coming on she didn't know that you were, it was going to be you um Pretty simple question. It's been asked before. If you weren't a cyclist, what would you be? And I think this means with regards to sports. So what sport would you okay. be? What sport would you do? Um, Probably football. Yeah. Do yeah. you still kick a ball about now and again? In the garden, yeah. All right. Do some kick-ups every now and again. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear about it that often, to be fair. You, you, often, you often hear that cyclists are very like individual sport focused and yeah. like if they weren't a cyclist they'd be like you know uh a runner or something yeah. like that you know um yeah. but uh but yeah no interesting um <laughs> thank you very much for coming on the podcast um thank you it's been a real pleasure uh i've got to know you a lot better than i previously did and like i said before you know a lot of my podcast guests, I know a fair bit about them already. And this one I didn't. And um, it's been a real interesting insight, actually. Um, and to listen to your many different accents. We didn't get the, Scot <laughs> we didn't get the Scottish one out of you. Maybe next time. Yeah, I don't know. Do be it. prepared. <laughs> Do be prepared, though. I bet, like, in the next few months, there's going to be someone that's listened to this that comes and talks to you out the blue and asks for yeah. an accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Robin. Pleasure Thank to meet you. you. Cheers. You too. Bye. Bye.